talking Travel On to a new RFM. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel On King, Sally Lucas. Spain it always conjures up lots of interesting images and lots of romance and lots of, oh, dashingness. And the Basque region is in some ways a little bit different from some of the rest of Spain. It really is, Jane. And when I was reading this, I found it a most interesting article. It was a Basque country travel guide that I came across and anyone could probably Google it and have a look. And I guess the most famous two cities would be San Sebastian and Bilbao, but the capital actually is Vitoria Gasteiz. And it's got, as is it comprised of three provinces in that northeast corner of Spain, which borders uh, France and Navarra in the east, and Cantabria and the adjoining province of Castilla y Leon, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later, and also La Rioja to the south, which is where you get all that wonderful red wine from. So you're surrounded by some very interesting places. Um, now, the coastal region of the Basque Country is considered quite stunning with many spectacular sheer cliffs, pretty fishing harbours and they say, the Spanish or the Basque people, some of the very best beaches, beaches in the whole of Spain, which is what we say about Newcastle. And it's true. Anyway, um, the area of this Atlantic uh, coastal region is fairly mountainous as the Pyrenees almost reach the sea. So the mountains are there are generally of a lower altitude. So the highest peak in the Basque country is about 1,544 metres. So there you go. So that's interesting, isn't it? And they've got three distinct climates zones in such a small, when you look at it on a map, it's quite a small um, province. Um, And they get, of course, the oceanic climate, uh, which has the more moderate temperatures all throughout the year, but they do get quite a lot of rain, about 1,200 mils annually. But the Ebro Valley, on the other hand, which is further south, has a continental Mediterranean climate, which has hot dry summers and and cold winters. So they only get about 300 mils of rain a year. So it's interesting, isn't it? Green on the coast and dry inland. Inland, as as usual, I suppose. Now, the people are interesting. Um, They'll tell you that Basque people are not really Spanish, that they appear even to be very different. They tend to be much larger people, much fairer-skinned. Many of them even have blue eyes and tend to have high foreheads, and they don't look typically Mediterranean. But the Basques think of themselves as the true original Europeans, the Cro-Magnons. But I don't know. But they've been occupying that particular corner of Europe since times far in advance of the Romans. Aren't they also somewhat Celtic? Um, Their music, I think, is a little bit like the music of Brittany. And And they've got their own language too, Ah, which not everyone speaks, but um, they do. But they've earned a reputation as fierce fighters and even apparently um, Cervantes in Don Quixote acknowledged that fact. Um, And the armies of the Romans, Vikings, the Visigoths and the Muslims never succeeded in wholly subjugating the area. So interesting. And Basque sailors earned themselves a great reputation because they travelled vast distances distances searching for whales and fish and they often formed a significant proportion of Columbus's crews on his travels. Mm. So yeah, they've also been devoutly Catholic with a Jesuit order which was established in the 16th century by the famous Basque person Ignatius Loyola. So and then they were involved of course in the Spanish War and the awful part of course was when Guernica was, you know, bombed to smithereens rather and that's that famous fairly confronting painting by Picasso that you can see, of course, as well. Um, and then they've had lots of changes of, go- of government, etc., since those times. But they did have a development of an autonomous community in 1978, but not everyone really, really liked it. Anyway, linguist- linguistically, it's estimated about 30% of the Basque population speak, um, hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly, Euskera which is the Basque language, and more than 90% of all school children are still taught it in school. <laughs> Unlike Catalan, it 
the euskera has little in common with either Spanish or French, and it's not one of the Romance languages, and it predates all of the Indo-European languages. Mm, so an ancient it's past. a very, a very mm. different language. First texts were not written until uh, less than 500 years ago. So interesting place to visit, and of course Bilbao, we all know why, with the Guggenheim Museum. It sort of helped transform Bilbao into a different sort of city from what it was before. But there's also other things there, you know, apart from the Guggenheim. They've got the Museo de Belles Artes, which is only a two-minute walk away from the Guggenheim. And they've also got lots of lovely atmospheric bars and buildings, and it's a fantastic little place to walk around. Victoria, as I said to you before, isn't, isn't as well-renowned. Everyone seems to go. It's further south. They seem to mainly head to Bilbao and San Sebastian because of the restaurants, of course, in San Sebastian as well. But the Victoria is actually actually the important university centre, so it tends to have a, a younger crowd there because it's an important place there as far as that's concerned. And then we've mentioned San Sebastian, of course, which has got a, an impressive crescent beach called La Concha, and um, they often compare it with the French car, uh, the counterpart of Biarritz, saying it's very, very, very similar. So Basque country, something very different, very old, very interesting place to visit. Um, Basque food apparently is really interesting, and they don't call it tapas up there, it's called pinchos. Uh, is what you have there is pinchos and wines and they have cider houses and all sorts of things and they're very passionate about their sport as well and have lots of festivals where everyone does of course and you've even got Pamplona up there too so ah, yes yes <laughs> with the birds yes we are looking at heading for Santiago now that path the Camino de Santiago Sally Lucas is very well loved by everybody who's been. It is. Uh, some of them, you know, there's certain sections. It's the Pilgrim of St. James Way, etc. And yes, it's a wonderful thing to do even a portion of it, um, even though you can do the whole lot, which takes about 11 weeks, but that, that's someone that's really fit and Though it's not all steep, but there are some steep sections if you were doing the lot. We're just going to talk about just the last little bit of it. Um, How big is a little bit? 300 k's. <laughs> right, it doesn't look fit. far on the map. I've had a look. I thought, oh, that just doesn't look far. It looks just here, just, you know, down the road. But no, anyway, this is from Lyon which is in the province of Castille et Lyon, which is just um, abutting, if you like, what we just talked about, the Basque area. So you could have a little bit of time in the Basque. And I did say Pamplona, I might have indicated it was in the Basque, but it's actually just, it's almost between the Basque and Navarra. It's just into Navarra, but it's in that same region. So you could do that, and then you could maybe just finish off after you've eaten all those pinchos, etc., <laughs> in uh, the Basque country, had all that lovely food, and then do a 300k walk to finish off. So you start in Lyon, and um, it's in keeping with the theme of pilgrimage. You walk each day along farm tracks, paths, and country lanes as a general rule of thumb. There are odd occasions where you might be on a road, but that's very rare. It's, it's mainly paths and tracks. You stay in an astonishingly uh, diverse range of properties, uh, re restored parish houses, converted water mills, farmhouses, all sorts of things. And then you have a, um, everyone on the Camino has a pilgrim passport that's stamped along the way to qualify for a certificate from the official pilgrim office in Santiago once you reach there. So you walk through beautiful scenery, meadows, woodlands, across one of the world's most ancient pilgrim routes, exploring small Spanish towns and villages along the way and discovering the amazing, amazing rather, local cuisine in the specialist Galician 
pulperias, as they call them, or little cafes, restaurants. You st as I said, you stay in a diverse range of properties, which is great. And it's this last 300 k's of the of the French Way, they call it. This portion is called the French Way, of mm. uh, the Camino de Santiago, which is from the Cathedral City of Lyon to the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela which, of course, as we said, is in Galicia. So you're just having a wonderful time. There's different operators do these walks if you're interested. There's a lot of walking brochures out there, Adventure World, Exodus, Intrepid. Heaps of companies do this. You can have a look. There's different sections you can do. This one goes daily uh, on Saturdays from 9 April this year through to 15 October, so one would assume it would be very similar next year. You get your 10 nights accommodation. You get breakfast daily, eight dinners. And um, this one, actually, if you're not in that area, if you're in Madrid, they will provide a, a, a rail ticket up from Madrid to Lyon to do that as well. And you get, of course, maps at everything, what you're doing. So it's it's something really fantastic to do. And you are seeing some wonderful-looking, as I said, cathedrals, buildings, villages, etc., all along the way. And some people who walk the Camino do mm. need to find their own accommodation. They so do. this is there taken is, care this of. Is a, this one I'm talking about today is based on a, a packaged up for you. Mm. Um, you can do others where you're just staying in family homes as well. So there's a different range of ways you can do it depending on whether you want to be organised or not organised. Mm -hmm. um, if you go organised then your luggage is then taken to the next place each night so you're only just walking with your day pack. Um, the amount of kilometres you do each day I guess divide 300 and you'll find out but I mean you, you do have a night in the end but I think it's roughly 24 kilometres a day roughly. Yeah, that's on quite average. a stretch, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that you're walking. Yeah. So, so you'd certainly get trim again after your You uh, would. And I was just looking at some of those walking books, Jane, and we might talk about some more of them another time, but it reminded me of uh, one I, I did for some friends of mine, and they did the Amalfi Coast, an eight-day walk around the Amalfi Coast. Now, that would be fantastic. When we talk about the Cinque Terre and other areas, but there's lots of lovely areas you can walk, you know, depending on whereabouts in Europe you are. There's, there'll be a walk to suit any level of fitness, you know, depending on your ability, of course, and your age. And, but you've got to take that into consideration. But any of these brochures will always give you a grading as to how difficult the walk is and what sort of level of fitness you need. But some fabulous things you can do out there. Sally Lucas, hot deals time. What's out there in the travel marketplace at the moment? OK, Jane. Firstly, seeing as we were talking about the Camino de Santiago, that particular one I was talking about is through Adventure World. And it's from just under $2,500 for the 11-day, 10 night if you're interested in doing that. But as I said, there's a whole range of walks, sections, ways you can do it, etc. Um, Australia, just for the moment, we'll talk about the GAN. And they've come out with some really lovely packages. One's just the GAN on its own. One's the GAN with three nights at the Hilton in Darwin, two days in Kakadu, and then four days on the GAN finishing up in um, Adelaide, of course. Then you've got another one that's going, they call it the Wine and Island Escape. You've got your three days or three nights on the GAN again, and you get your offshore excursions on that as well and all your meals, remember. Four nights accommodation at the Hilton in Adelaide with breakfast, a day Barossa food and wine experience, and a two-day, one night over on Kangaroo Island. So that's another one. That's a nine-day, eight-night package. And then you've got one called Outback to the Oceans. It's a 13-day, 12-night package. Again, three nights at the Hilton in Darwin, Again, the two-day, one night in Kakadu, the GAN, four nights in Adelaide, the Barossa Experience and Kangaroo Island. So these all range, as I said, from just the GAN, from a four-day, three-night, right through to your longest 13-day, 12-night, starting from the cheapest at under 3000 through to the dearest at under 5500 So mm. there are a great range of packages they've put together on the GAN if you are interested. Reaching out to some of those lovely places oh, around the track. I, yeah, Kangaroo Island too. It's just mm. such a beautiful part of the world. 
Malaysia. Now, that's a really interesting little country. And a lot of people love Borneo in particular because of naturally of the wildlife and how we want to save those orangutans and stop the palm oil forest and all that sort of stuff and the beautiful little turtles at the uh, sanctuary there but you've also got sandakan you can stay in a long house there's the mula caves which are wonderful huge caves that you can go into we have these colonies of small bats and so it's a very interesting place to get to and this one here is Sabah Borneo it's a 10-day package including air from Australia which goes through till March next year and it starts from under two and a half thousand and that's good because that's all your accommodation included in there, which is great, um, including getting you across from um, um, Kuala Lumpur across to, to Borneo, of course, to Sabah, and including like the Sepalok Orangutan Rehab Centre as well and going to the islands, Kota Kinabalu, etc., and I've got another one going to Sarawak, and it's just over two and a half, and you actually stay, as I mentioned, in a longhouse stay on that as well. Uh, your breakfast is included daily. You're going into Mulu National Park, Barco National Park. It's a lot of national parks. They're rehabilitation centres. Really fantastic itineraries. So there's quite a range of them there with adventure destinations, and that's just a couple, Jane, I'm mentioning there, but they've got a whole range going into that area, which are great for families as well because the kids just get so much out of it, or the grandkids. Um, Rocky Mountaineer Rail. Now, we hear about this a lot, what a spectacular journey it is through the Canadian Rockies, and, of course, Canada is such a beautiful country on that West Coast region. They have extended their offer with the $800 per couple saving, which was due to finish this month, but they've extended it through until the 16th of December. So you book a package of eight plus days and you get $800 per couple towards accommodation, sightseeing, all sorts of optional extras. And if it's five to seven days, you get a $500 pack. So just keep that in mind if you're still thinking of heading to Canada next year and it goes through now till the 16th of December. This, Jane, I thought was a really fascinating cruise. It's the French Riviera and Moorish Spain. We've been talking Spain today with the company Voyages to Antiquity. Now, it's 14 days and they include 10 tours in three countries as well. So it's different to a lot of the other cruise companies that you pay for your shore excursions separately. These are included. And you get a two-night stay in Sevilla as well. So you're starting off um, in Nice in France and you go through to Monte Carlo to Marseille. Then you have a choice of day trips to the Papal Palace in Avignon or to the site of the uh, Marseille of Carcassonne near there, visit the UNESCO World Heritage Site there, and either Narbonne or Montpellier. And then you go on to uh, Barcelona, where you can explore there, of course, the Roman sites of the city in the Gothic Quarter. Uh, Valencia, which is fantastic, um, another World Heritage Site. Malaga, where you, can do, where you do a day trip, or rather a side trip to Granada, visiting that a wonderful Alhambra Palace. I've just, it's so spectacular. Um, then you go to Tangier, which gives you a call in you know, Morocco, uh, going to see a Casbah and the Casbah Museum, to Cadiz in Spain, where you uh, have a trip to Jerez, de la Frontera, for the sherry tasting in the afternoon. And then you cruise along the river uh, overnight to get into Sevilla. Of course, they're not the hu really huge, large vessels voyage to antiquity. And then you have a couple of nights there, including a day trip to Cordoba, which is one of the most wonderful great mosques in the world you'd ever see. So that is from under $4,500. What a wonderful itinerary where you're getting to see all these ancient things, but you're coming back on board with lovely meals included, but you're getting all these inclusions ashore as well. So good value for money. Sounds fantastic. What a lot of great opportunities. Thanks, Jane. And we'll take a look at some more when we talk travel next week, next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel On King. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.